Even before the October 7th attacks, you have cast doubt on President Biden's calls for a two-state solution. How do you think this should end then for the Palestinians? Do you think Israel should occupy the Gaza Strip? What's, what's your view of, of what comes after Hamas is, is defeated? Well, I think the fatal flaw with the push for a, a so-called two-state solution is that the Palestinian Arabs have never embraced Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state. I mean, that ultimately, uh, when Israel's made uh, offers in the past, that was the, the sticking point. And so you don't want a two-state that ends up just being a stepping stone to the destruction of Israel. Yeah, you can't have a two-state solution if one of the states' stated objection is to the very existence of the other state. You can't have a two-state solution if, you know, the Palestinians won't acknowledge that there are actually two states and not just one that legitimately owns land, inhabits, resides, presides, rules over, governs the area, right? I mean, that's—he's right. Governor DeSantis is on State of the Union yesterday with Jake Dapper. Um, this is one of the problems is you can't force there to be a so-called two-state solution if— the Palestinians won't even acknowledge that there are two states. And historically, they've been not on board with that idea. Obviously, Hamas is not on board with that. Uh, their school books don't even show Israel on the map. These are kind of the, like the crazy, weird programming, brainwashing things that go on uh, inside Gaza and elsewhere as well. But um, as DeSantis was saying, people for the longest time said all kinds of stuff that couldn't be done, actually got done under the Trump administration. And I would also note, Jake, for many, many decades, people in D.C. said you're never going to be able to have relations in the Middle East between Israel and any other country unless you have that. And yet we saw under the Trump administration the Abraham Accords uh, where they were able to make peace uh, with many countries in the Middle East and probably would have ended up being able to do it with Saudi Arabia had we not had the October 7th attack. Yeah, and that may be one of the theories behind why Hamas would have made the attack when they did. It was a way to thwart the normalization of relations with Saudi Arabia that's already happened with several other nations. You know, I mean, remember, President Trump did some pretty impressive things when it came to Israel. You know, moving the embassy was one of the major things. You know, creating this kind of unified Arab agreement where they would get along with Israel, which is you know, unheard of, amazing stuff. So, uh, again, you know, Obviously, DeSantis thinks that he can do better in the future compared to Trump, and they talk about that quite a bit later in the interview. But, yeah, I mean, you got to give um, Trump and Israel credit for the things that happened under that administration that thought, you know, wow, this could never, ever happen. Now, going forward, uh, I think Israel needs to do what it's going to what, what it's best to defend themselves. I would note Gaza was not under Israeli occupation. They pulled out in 2006. They uprooted thousands of their own Israeli citizens and forced them to leave the Gaza Strip. And the idea was give the Arabs down there an opportunity to make something of it. And unfortunately, they turned to Hamas and Hamas used money to build a big terrorist infrastructure and ultimately wage attacks for many years. And then the devastating October 7th attack. Israel cannot allow history to repeat itself. Absolutely. All of this is correct. All of this is correct. But it doesn't answer the question, the first question that Jake Tapper asked, which was, so you're not on board, or at least you don't seem to be on board with a two-state solution. And if you don't know, I'm sorry, I, I take some of these things for granted, and people often take it for granted. 
A two-state solution is the idea that you would have an Israel and a Palestinian state, that they would coexist in separate geographies. Right now, what you have is kind of a Israeli superintended Palestinian-run West Bank, and then you have Gaza, which is run by Hamas, based on elections that were held over 15 years, 17 years ago, um, and then you know when Israel basically pulled out. Neither one of those has real, you know, statehood status, uh, and the question is, you know, well, would they be a a separated single state, right? Would somebody govern both? the West Bank and also Gaza. It's a weird geographical problem. But also, and not to belabor the point, but for people who may not be familiar, okay, if you looked on a map and I showed you Israel, and again, it's useful to think of Israel sometimes as like a hand, okay, and if you're holding out your left hand, um, on your, like your northern fingertips are going to be like Syria and Lebanon, okay? Um, your thumb is going to be like Jordan, okay? Um, and on your, you know, your south is going to be uh, like your south, like the bottom left of your hand is going to be Egypt. OK. And Gaza is right there. The West Bank is like your middle, your your first and second finger knuckle uh, from the, the, the knuckle of the hand all the way down to like the middle of the hand. There's a big C carved out of the middle of it with the, you know, uh, the Jordan River running down the right side of your hand. OK. And the only reason I mention that is because geographically, based on the history of being attacked and the wars they've had to win to push back Arabs who have tried to, you know, eradicate them, you, it's it's strategically insane the way Israel is set up right now. The West Bank, I mean, what you would do if you were trying to establish a country is you would just take all the land up to the Jordan River. You know, it was promised in the Bible, okay? <laughs> That's too detailed. Read the Bible. It's pretty clear what was promised to the Israelis, uh, to the Jews by by God, uh, the Israelites. Um you would never, ever, ever have a West Bank as a separate place inside a natural barrier perimeter like the Jordan River. But they do for a lot of reasons, okay? But it's a crazy scenario. Anyway, back to um, the press that uh, Jake Tapper was trying to give to DeSantis on this issue of, okay, so you don't love a two-state solution. And I agree there are a lot of questions about a two-state solution. The obvious requirement before you could even get to that point would be that the Palestinian state, whatever it would be, would have to acknowledge the, the right to exist of the Jews in Israel. I mean, clear first, like, if you don't check that off, you can't go anywhere else. But then he says, okay, so you don't like that, what do you want? Right, but what comes next? I mean, uh, I think that you would agree probably that Israel occupying Gaza is not going to result in peace in the region. Do you think that there should be a Palestinian state uh, where Gaza is? Oh, I mean, I think that that would end up uh, becoming a hotbed of terrorism. I think we need to let Israel win this war. Uh, we should support them publicly and privately to actually finish the job. Uh, because if you just do some glancing blows, Hamas reconstitute itself, we're going to end up in this same cycle going forward. Okay, uh, don't disagree. But it sounds like he's saying that Israel should be in charge of Gaza, which is not the position of the United States. It is not the position of the government of Israel. And you could make a case for it. Um, you know, they tried that for a while. <laughs> and That didn't work either. Um, but it's not an answer to the question of what's your future picture of how to resolve all of this to just say, well, Hamas is real bad guys. We know Hamas is real bad guys. But okay, what's your end goal? What are you going to do with the millions of people living in Gaza or who have recently, you know, had refugee status because they've fled Gaza, but a lot of them still remain, right? What are you going to do with that? 
Israel's in a situation where they suffered the biggest attack on Jews since the Holocaust. Uh, you have an organization in Hamas that wants to wipe Israel totally off the map. This is not just some minor dispute. This is an existential threat uh, to the survival of the world's only Jewish state. So I think they have to do whatever they can to protect their people uh, and to make sure that this never happens again. I mean, yeah, of course. Duh, those are all good, simple, basic talking points. Doesn't answer the question. You want to be president. What's your picture of the future of Israel and Palestine? Now, I mean, what, what do you, if you don't want a two-state solution, what is your view? Well, you got to get rid of Hamas. Okay, duh. And then what? That doesn't answer that question. So I was disappointed that he didn't, he didn't really give an answer. Now, Jake stopped pressing him, and I think he probably thought, well, we got a lot of other stuff to get to. But um, that's a question that needs an answer. If you're going to have a foreign policy that's kind of, you know, well, if we're going to understand what your foreign policy is when it comes to Israel. 519 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizenkism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzy, there's nothing on my skin. And that means everything. your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. Elevate your brand with custom engraved gifts and products from Prim and Proper, your clear choice for all brand and product needs. Locally owned and trusted, Prim and Proper offers custom engravings for promotional and gift items for your business. They also have so many unique gifts to choose from, including engraved drinkware, cutting boards, tumblers, water bottles, slate decor, and more to inspire you the moment you walk through the door. They're also the only local retailer for Sandhopper electric beach carts. PrimandProper.com for more. That's PrimIndProper.com. Celtic Angels Christmas captivates audiences of all ages with the magic of Christmas. Celtic Angels Christmas features five beautiful women with glorious harmonies combined with the stunning dance routines of the Celtic Night Dancers. Join us for award-winning song, dance, and music like nothing you've seen before as Celtic Angels Christmas carries you to Ireland on wings of music. Celtic Angels Christmas coming to the Pensacola Sanger Theater Friday, November 24th. Tickets available online or at the Sanger box office. Pensacola businesses are estimated to lose over $20,000 to cybercrimes this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. Confirming any change to a financial transaction with a phone call can save time, embarrassment, and especially money when dealing with would-be criminals. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. The Pensacola Expert Panel. Pep Talk, mornings 9 till 11 on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. He's supersonic. He's airborne. In what? Sir, 
Overwatch reports an F-14 Tomcat is airborne and on course for our position. Texted uh, in here at 437-1620 talking about DeSantis's kind of failure to answer the basic question that Jake Tapper was asking him yesterday on State of the Union about what is your picture of the future of the land currently occupied and or managed by Israel, basically west of the west of the west of the Jordan River all the way to the Mediterranean. And uh, he didn't really give an answer. Um, I think part of the problem is he can't say the most obvious right answer. Maybe. OK, it maybe. Because, you know, if he says, well, look, it's really up to the Israelis and the Palestinians to figure this out. But since their expressed desires for some kind of a two state solution and, uh, you know, I'm on board with that. Uh, if that's what they want, and we can make that happen. That's a great goal. And, you know, the problem with saying that is, well, that's just what Biden is saying. And, you know, it's hard to make the case that Biden's an idiot while also making the case, <laughs> you know, while also saying, yeah, but we believe the same thing about, you know, and maybe he doesn't believe that. Maybe he wants Israel to own from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, like kind of the biblical idea, and even some east of the Mediterranean, uh, east of the uh, Jordan River. I mean, if you if you really want to go with biblical landmarks, right? You know, uh, I don't think he can say that because, good lord, you know, even though it's in the Bible, it's not exactly what the rest of the world is willing to recognize for Israel. So I don't know whether he doesn't have an answer, or whether he's just not willing to give it, or whether for political reasons he can't say the thing that you know seems obvious, but. It was disappointing to see him not give an answer on that. 524 on News Radio. The rest of the interview was quite good. I just thought that one part was kind of a letdown. Uh, and, I mean, you know, because I don't know what his position is. 524 News Radio 92.3. David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? Well, sad news today. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has passed away at the age of 96. The Carter Center announced she died on Sunday afternoon at her home in Plains, Georgia. Uh, New York City Mayor Eric Adams setting up a legal defense fund in response to a corruption investigation into his 2021 campaign. That fund will be overseen by the city's Conflict of Interest Board. Of course, the FBI now looking into Adams' campaign finances, favors, and even possible influence by the Turkish government. And uh, Donate a little bit of money uh, to my, my cause, and together maybe we can find out if money can buy uh, innocence in this country. Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> There's a good chance it can, probably, actually. Uh, hey, I-10 is now back open in Los Angeles All after right. that big pallet fire. Uh, city officials there posted a welcome back message to residents. Apparently, they've opened five lanes in each direction last night, which I believe their original projections weren't till Tuesday. So they're actually ahead of schedule on that. Uh, I imagine that's good. They probably don't need any extra help in uh, traffic jams. No. There, so. Have you ever driven in California? I mean, just yes. generally anywhere? Yeah, it's uh, there's a reason it's people leave the state. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's just it's awful. It's all it's always a little bit cute to me. Um, you know, people here complain about traffic. Oh you know? yeah, because traffic is whatever you you know. It's like anything else. It's it's what you get used to and you set your expectations and right. then thwarting of those expectations. And you know, having lived in big cities where like driving an hour to get somewhere is just what you do. You know, it takes an hour in St. Louis to get anywhere. You know, just the way it is. Phoenix is always a half hour to 45 minutes. Just It just is. Um, and then, you know, living here where I'm like, you know, I'm four minutes and 38 seconds from work. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, like that kind of a difference, right? And so it always it always cracks me up when people, you know, ah, oh, the traffic in Pensacola. What really? always 
What always got me in California is, uh, you know, you've got like eight lanes on either side. It's oh. just all jam-packed. And then the motorcycles are doing the lane splitting thing oh, and yeah. going right up in between all the vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just sitting there thinking, as a as somebody who rides, I could never, I couldn't do that. Right. Uh, the hair on the back of my neck could be stained. I I just can't do it. And you know, you, you're sitting there and you're like four lanes of stalled traffic while you've got the two lane, you know, the pay solution. People are zipping by right. at twenty dollars a click or whatever it is. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, uh, this, I mean, California traffic is crazy. I mean, it really is. Four, three, seven, sixteen, twenty. But still, good news. Obviously, I ten is a major. Uh, interconnect uh, for the entire nation for trucking and everything else. So uh, good to see that it's back open ahead of schedule. We'll always take that kind of good news. What else do we have going on uh, over the weekend? Oh, <laughs> FSU fans. Um, football this weekend was super boring. Can we all agree about that? I mean, the only game that was even half interesting was the Washington game. That was actually fairly good, but nobody here cares. Uh, <laughs> they're the number four new in the nation, Washington is. Um, the Georgia-Tennessee game was exciting for the first 15 seconds. Jalen Wright, big opening off the right side. Off to the races and maybe gone. Jalen Wright, one snap, touchdown, Tennessee. First play from scrimmage. Tennessee goes 75 yards with Jalen Wright for a touchdown to take the lead 7-0 over Georgia and to never be heard from again. Uh, <laughs> Georgia, of course, runs away with it. What was the final score? It was like 38 or 39 to 10 or something like that. I mean, Tennessee did manage to squeak in a field goal later on. Uh, the real news, if you can call it that, uh, but the, the more interesting part of the Georgia-Tennessee game was the uh, the celebrity presence. Just about set to start the second quarter, 10-7 Georgia in front. And while we were away, two Tennessee legends took the stage at the end of the quarter, Peyton Manning escorting Dolly Parton. Now, before you go blaming her, because even though she's Dolly, let's just say this wasn't the the perfect pitch performance. There's a pretty good reason why. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just want you to know how proud I am to be here. And thank you so much for taking special attention to do whatever we do. Yeah, and she mentioned that in an interview that she did right after that. Where it's like, yeah, I couldn't hear anything, which is understandable. Now, Jake, you've been a, you're a musician. Uh, now, you're, you're I won't say it. You'll understand me. I, I mean, only a drummer in the sense that you're not typically singing. <laughs> right, okay, right. You know, um, but, you know, if a singer can't hear themselves at all over the noise oh. of the whatever or the, mm-hmm. the, the, the monitors or any of that kind of stuff, pretty tough to do their job. Right. And stadiums, especially when you play in a, in a huge arena like that there it's just there's no way you you have to have a monitor in your eardrum giving you precise sound to really even know what's going on at all and she didn't have that going on and so you know it was a mess she Um, was just yeah she was just monitoring what was happening around her doing her best obviously but she's dolly she is dolly and she was great afterwards i couldn't even hear it to sing rocky top but I, i was so honored to be here and i love peyton and i love the crowd so it's just good to be home always Oh, man, she, she just is the best. Meanwhile, I mentioned FSU fans. Jordan Travis, horrible injury, probably out for the season on Instagram. What's up, y'all? Uh, it's Jordan. Just want to let y'all know I'm doing good. Um, feeling good. Got a smile on my face. Um, just going to follow God's plan, man. God has a journey for me, and I'm going to trust him every step of the way. Um, 
I appreciate y'all for all the messages. Uh, go Knowles. Brutal injury over the weekend. FSU still went on to win handily. Lost a spot in the rankings, though, in the process. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's because of the end result of that game. It's because of the prospect of them. How competitive will they be without him at the helm? Because he's been amazing this year. So we hope for the best for him. I think it's likely he's going to be out for the season. I don't think we've got any official word on that. If, if we have, I apologize. But, uh, oh, man, you thought you were there. And then this is what happens in football. I mean, injuries are you know, can be devastating to your team's hopes. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. There's a public visitation for former First Lady Rosalind Carter next Monday at the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library and Museum in Atlanta. She talked about mental health care as a basic human right. In the early 1970s, there was no one to speak for people with mental illnesses, and the lack of services and the situation with them was so terrible that I felt like they needed help. She was 96. Her husband, the former president, is 99 in home hospice care since February. Hamas says that video of hostages being taken into a hospital in Gaza after the initial terrorist attacks in Israel last month just shows they were getting medical care. The Israelis say it's more proof Hamas has been using the Al-Shifa hospital as a base. It's not just Israeli intelligence. This was independently verified by the White House. Acting Israeli Consul General Aviv Ezra on Fox, the World Health Organization, says it's taken 31 premature babies from that hospital to a facility in Egypt, and the two other babies died a day earlier. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 923. It is 56 degrees right now. Mostly clear skies in Pensacola. Well, we are learning a little bit more about why former dentist Dr. Charles Stamatolis' bond was revoked recently. Stamatolis was out of jail awaiting sentencing on a felony perjury charge when a warrant was issued for him earlier this month. WEAR has obtained court documents showing Stamatolis allegedly trespassed onto a woman's property, looked through windows, and even attempted to open doors at that property. The woman contacted Pensacola police, saying she'd seen a man walk into her property in her, in her backyard on a security camera. Officers say they made contact with Stamatolis when they arrived at that home. The uh, embattled dentist said that uh, he believed the home was for rent. He said he was looking for a friend, although officers say there was no signage on the home indicating it was for rent. Stamatolis is uh, now being held in the Escambia County Jail without bond on both the trespassing charge from that incident and uh, his original perjury charge, which stemmed from allegedly lying to prosecutors uh, while he was out on bond on other charges. Stamatolis has now filed an emergency motion to reinstate his bond. A Milton man has died after a motorcycle crash over the weekend. That happened on State Road 87 in Santa Rosa County. FHP says the motorcycle was headed north on 87 at a high rate of speed and in traffic when a pickup truck turned onto the road from I-10. That truck ended up pulling out in front of the motorcycle, which caused the collision. The rider was thrown from the bike during that crash. Troopers say the motorcyclist was life-flighted to an area hospital where they died. The crash remains under investigation today. The Coast Guard now joining ser- rejoining search efforts to find three missing boaters from Georgia. Debris from a boat named the Carol Ann was found yesterday off the coast of St. John's County. The United Cajun Navy says the Coast Guard is, uh, has been informed and they're planning to d- dispatch a vessel to that location this morning. Uh, volunteers also apparently are joining that search 
the three men, Tyler Barlow, Dalton Conway, and Caleb Wilkinson, went on a fishing trip more than a month ago and haven't been seen since. And uh, time now running out for a lucky person to cash in on their lottery winnings. The Florida Lottery says a Fantasy Five ticket worth more than $65,000 expires tomorrow at midnight. That ticket was bought six months ago at a Shell Food Mart in uh, Port St. Lucie. It is 534. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather forecast this morning. We are going to be seeing a small chance of rain today, 30% as you go into the afternoon and into the evening, high near 74 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 69. Showers and thunderstorms move through through the overnight hours. A few storms could be strong as we go into Tuesday morning, 90% chance of rain on Tuesday, high near 74. Tuesday night, temperatures dropping near 52 degrees. For Wednesday, 20% chance of rain with a high near 62. Stay connected to the Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEARTV Weather App. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 56 in Pensacola, 58 in Gulf Breeze, and 49 in in Milton. Your next news, it's at 6. Breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, and dependable. What is News Radio 92.3? News and information for Pensacola. The Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay, 5 till 9. The Pensacola Expert Panel or Pep Talk from 9 to 11. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, 11 until 2. Guy Benson from 2 to 4. Pensacola Right Now from 4 to 7. Dave Ramsey from 7 to 10. WEAR-TV at 10. And Brian Kilmeade overnight at 11. On News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. The Port of Pensacola is more than just a name. It's a powerhouse of economic opportunities, a strategic location that sparks growth and prosperity, contributing significantly to the local and regional economy with 23 incredible businesses that call this port home. Big names like CMAX Materials, GE Wind Energy, Pensacola Bay Oysters, and soon the prestigious American Magic Sailing Team. Since 1754, the Port of Pensacola has been the driving force behind Northwest Florida's economic success. Explore more at portofpensacola.com. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at vfw.org. Pensacola Morning News with Andrew McKay. Mornings before Pep Talk on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Six here. Argos with another chance to get off the field, but Chagog can be a magician. He throws a quick out to Howard. Can they get him? No, they can't. Middle of the field. Nate Howard's gone. Argos get caught looking the wrong way, and a former Argo torches them. Nate Howard goes the distance to the house, and Delta State takes the lead in this game as they draw first blood. It's not the way you want to start, but it's only seven points. No big deal. So UWF gets the ball midway through the first quarter. Jarrett sets him. Two receivers here near side. Ball on the far hash. One up top. Here comes pressure. They're going to get to Jarrett. Ball comes out of his hands. It's a fumble. It is scooped. Oh, no. Big fella running it back. The Argos try to drag him down to the 10. 
is finally where they'll get him on the ground, and Pee Wee just lost the football. A scoop and almost followed up not that long later. Man comes in motion. It's Howard. Look to toss. They'll go the other way. He's got the big tight end. Does he get to the end zone? Yes, he does. Nice hit by Ralph Ortiz. No, Milholm coming up, excuse me. But Tyson Gay is able to slip the ball out on that outside arm and catch the pylon. It's a touchdown. So that was 14 to nothing off of the fumble in the first quarter. So UWF again getting the ball, trying to make something happen in the first round of the playoffs against perennial uh, opponent Delta State University, a very good school. Quillen comes in motion across the set. They'll hand. No, they won't. Garrett pulls it, and he puts it on the ground again. No. A little RPO. Did not hand it off. It wasn't clean. He was going to try to pull it and keep it and run to his right. Instead, he fumbles the football. And Delta State's going to get the football at the Argos 37. So, run pass offense, and uh, guess what? You got to do the transition properly. So, what? Chagog, 6 of 9, 115 yards, two touchdowns already in this game. Takes the snap, back to pass here on first downs. Looking in the middle of the field, has a man. And into the end zone is Jalen May. That's 21-0, 12 minutes to go in the second quarter. So, very poor start for UWF. And then... If you want, if you want to know the one thing that would, you know, I mean, two fumbles, both of which it turned into touchdowns early on, so three scores down midway through the second quarter. If you want to understand how this game went for UWF, snap is good from Don Vellante. Hits the left upright, uh-huh. bounces away. It's no good. The Argos will come up empty, regardless. Had been in the red zone and couldn't even get a field goal out of it. So okay, you know, Delta State gets. Punts it out, and UWF gets the ball back, so UWF is driving toward the end of the second quarter. They'll run left side. Jarrett keeps it. Lead block in front. He fumbles again. Takes a big pop. Delta State comes up with the football. Jarrett selling out his body, trying to get some extra yards, and they knock the football loose. Obviously, they learned something from last game, which was if Pee Wee Jarrett's going to run the football, you've got an opportunity to try to knock it out of his hands. They do. So fumbles again when running. That was the third one of the game. Now, the good news, such as is, is that did not lead to a touchdown. Um, but you went, had a back and a fourth, and eventually Delta State got the ball again with about two minutes left to go in the half. Back to pass. Dumps it at the feet of a receiver. He's got it inside the 10 to the 5. Dives in the air. In for the touchdown. What a great job by Patrick Chigog of slipping away from the defense, and he finds a man. He dumps it at his feet. 19 yards to uh, Katerian Legrone. That was 28-0 to if you're keeping score at home. And uh, they got the ball back again with about 40 seconds to go, I think, but with nine to go on the clock in the half, 37 yards out. Nine seconds left here in the half. Man comes in motion across the set. Chigog back to pass. He's got pressure up the middle. He's going to get flushed out. He's looking down the field, throws it towards the end zone. And Jalen Green has it. He Uh slipped past the last Argo defender, got around Quincy Milholm and Zach Johnson, and Chigog just threw it into the end zone. And Jalen Green comes up with it. That's 35 to nothing at the half. 35 to nothing at the half for a team that should have done a lot better. You know, the defense couldn't stop them. The offense couldn't make anything happen. Uh, You know, we got three fumbles, uh, two of which led to touchdowns. Uh, Couldn't even get the field goal. So very, very frustrating first half. But, you know, look, you go into the locker room, you do some regrouping, you do some, you know, some fiddling, you try to come up with a little bit of magic. So coming out third quarter midway through UWF with the ball. C.J. Wilson, who had a great year last year, a lot of touchdowns, obviously 
less carries with with Ravion Hargrove and Samari Mason in the mix. He's become the lead back this year. Second team all GSC. As we go, oh, flea flicker. He's got a man. It's the tight end. Are we going to have a tight end touchdown? Wow, what a play. Into the end zone. A little chicanery and deception. And how about that? You ask what the Argos would do. Could they keep it rolling? They most certainly do. A double reverse flea flicker. And it's Jackson Blaylock with the first tight end touchdown in recent memory. Double reverse flea flicker Statue of Liberty hidden ball trick. You know, (laughs) like they got everything on that play. 71 yards to Jackson Blaylock. They managed to pull off the touchdown there. Um, You know, couple of plays later, Delta State punts it away, so UWF picks up the ball again, and they're driving around midfield. Uh, and uh, don't, but don't, don't, um, don't get your hopes up on this one, though. And it's going to be third and nine. Jarrett fires it. It's picked off. This may be returned all the way in, and it is. He was looking for Leggett, I believe. Pick six. Ugh. Sorry, not at midfield. That was on their own 24. So uh, we got one, and they got a pick six. And we got one again, which is good. We got another, We did get another score in this game. And Pee-wee's looking deep. He's got a man. It's Anthony Ballard, and Ballard makes the catch. Touchdown, Argos. But every time we get one, they get one. You, you like having a guy like Chagog in this situation because, you know, you know he's going to make a good decision, but he can run it or throw it. Right. He's a dual threat. Kind of pulls the Tebow jump pass, finds his tight end again. It's going to be the second time today. Patrick Chicago is just a force. He's a really, really, really good quarterback for Delta State. So that's the final score, 49-14. to 14, UWF Argos make it to the playoffs in the first year under Caleb Nobles, but lose in the first round against Delta State, who they beat at Delta State earlier this year in a close three-point game. After the game, Caleb Nobles. Uh, Caleb, 35-point uh, deficit kind of proved to be the difference, and then obviously four turnovers. It's it's very difficult to try to overcome something like that. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and you know, to me, that falls on me as the head coach. And I didn't I didn't coach a great enough game. Uh, I didn't put our guys in the best chance to win a game. And uh, turnovers, obviously, anytime it happens, that, that raises the chances for the team to win a game. And uh, we just didn't do enough on uh, both sides of the ball to to go win. So all on me as a coach. These are the words you love to hear from somebody in his first year, taking responsibility for it all, saying, I mean, if I can't take responsibility, then I can't fix it, right? Defensively, they they kind of racked up some yards on us and. Uh, Kind of, kind of kept you playing from behind. What, what, what can you do to to prevent that or to to combat that? This is a great team we played. Yeah, no, it is a great team. And if you give them extra possessions, you give them uh, possessions inside the inside their territory because of turnovers. That happens. But, uh, you know, I, again, I take responsibility for that. I didn't set our guys in the best situation to uh, to go win, and, and that takes that falls on me. And that's what I got to live with for the next year. Again, a double responsibility dose. And then this is, I, you know. People might have their questions about Caleb Nobles, but listen, first-year coach took a team to the playoffs. That's pretty darn good, right? What do you think about in, in a quick reflection on, on this season right now? Yeah, well, in my mind, I don't think anything personal. I think about the players and our seniors and, uh, you know, everything they've given to this program. Um, get emotional about them um, just because, you know, I hate to see for them to go out like this. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter about me. I'm going to be here for hopefully a long time, but those seniors don't get a chance to do this one again. So um, just you know, proud of our seniors, proud of the guys and how they played. And uh, we'll, we'll be back. I promise that. Go Argos, Caleb. Thank you. Go Argos. Aw. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I understand that, right? He feels more that he let them down, that he couldn't give them more success in the postseason on their last year than, 
you know, that. And, of course, as a former quarterback here, he knows all of these, you know, ups and downs, heartbreaks and joys and triumphs. So we're actually going to talk to uh, Coach Nobles coming up next hour at uh, 635. Uh, we normally have Brian Henry, but I said to Brian, hey, can we just get Coach on to say thanks and talk to him a little bit? He's like, oh, of course, yeah. So uh, we'll have Coach Nobles on coming up next hour at, uh, like I said, 638, something like that. Uh, 545 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Of course, major loss over the weekend for the nation. Um it's obviously not surprising given given their age, but uh, you know, anytime a former president or former first lady like Rosalind Cotter passes away, it's a major event for the nation at the age of 96 in the place she was born in Plains, Georgia. Um, peacefully passed away with her family by her side, according to a statement from the Carter Center. Uh, married to 77 years, married to Jimmy Carter, the 39th president of the United States and a winner of the O2 Nobel Peace Prize, uh, who himself is 99 years old. And you know, she had gone into um, home hospice care. Um, he had gone into hospice care back in February. Uh, they were living in the same house that they lived in since 1961. 62 years in the same home, 77 years in the same marriage. Um, you know, other than other than the time that they were in the governor's mansion in the White House, that's where they lived. So um, obviously an extremely long and uh, effective political career of service for her working on mental health and elder issues, um, you know, things that um, <laughs> she, she one time back uh, back in the day, you know, that when uh, the press wasn't covering what she was working on enough, she said that they only care about sexy subjects. You know, they don't care about things like mental health and uh, and the treatment of elders survived by uh, her children, Jack, Chip, Jeff and Amy, 11 grandchildren, 14 great grandchildren. Uh, including a grandson who passed away in 2015. So our condolences to the family, and of course the nation remembers the president's wife, uh, First Lady Rosalind Carter, passing away over the weekend. 547 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What else do we have going on? If you have a hardware problem, if you want to work on anything around the house, or you know you're you're doing an upgrade, you're doing a remodel, you got to fix a problem, or you know maybe you're at the other end of the spectrum, maybe you're somebody who actually works on homes for a living, like you. You repair them for a living or you build things for a living. I don't know. You know, you're the other end of the spectrum for me. I'm the one. OK, I'm on the do I have to? You know, that's my attitude. Uh, but some of you are like, yeah, man, I get to go work on stuff today. OK, great. Wherever you are on that scale, Pensacola Hardware is for you. Great products, great customer service. And actually some housewares section in the front where you can basically buy gifts for anybody. Really, you, you don't have somebody who's hard to buy for. Go to the housewares at uh, Pensacola Hardware. But seriously, if you build things for a living, they can put you on a monthly bill. They can send stuff to your job sites. So you don't have to go in to get it. They will have it in stock. If you need it, they have it. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Uh, and if you ever need advice on solving a problem, they're there to help you. They've been helping people since 1851 solve problems on how to build stuff. Literally 172 years, they've been helping people build, rebuild, and remodel Pensacola right downtown at 20 East Gregory Street. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary, and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis and Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis and Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis and Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro advisor, call Benakis and Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, 
Call Benakis and Associates, now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis and Associates, leave the numbers to the experts. Kick off the holiday season with WSRE's Festival of Trees and take the tree of your dreams home for the holidays. Trees and wreaths decorated by local designers and community groups will be on display November 24th through 26th at the Museum of Commerce downtown. Each tree and wreath will be up for online auction bidding or purchase in support of WSRE PBS. For the Festival of Trees hours and all of the details, visit wsre.org slash events. Mom, can I have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! Me! Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. A better air filter on your air conditioner is nice, but it isn't enough. It takes a lot more than that to clean the air that you breathe. This is Todd with Gulf Coast Air Care. On Wednesday's pep talk, we'll talk about how to keep pollen, bacteria, and other pollutants out of your lungs. Remember what I always say, if you don't have a good air filter, you are one. Let's talk Wednesday morning at 9.30 on Pep Talk. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 AM 1620 is accepting applications for employment. Periodically, we have openings in sales, business, news, promotions, engineering, production, and programming. We'll keep your application for consideration when such an opening occurs. We also provide internships for qualified students. Apply online at News Radio 92.3 or at our studios at 7251 Plantation Road between 8.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. ADX Communications is an equal opportunity employer. Pensacola right now on at four right after Guy Benson on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Looks like we got another offer on OLF8 from a new entity uh, overseen by Fred Hemmer. Uh, Beulah Town Center LLC, which is uh, kind of says it all right in the name. <laughs> you know, we want to have a town center in Beulah. Call it uh, in the middle of OLF8. It, the proposal is basically uh, Studio 850 doing a good job reporting on this, that um, basically the southern 375 acres of the area, if you, if you kind of divide OLF8, that's the giant green big green space over to the west of Navy Federal, the old helicopter landing field that we converted several years ago into a development opportunity. Uh, the, the top third is meant to be kind of an option, and the bottom two-thirds uh, he's wanting to develop into you know, a mixed residential and uh, retail area without any single residential, uh, you know, standalone residential, which is kind of an interesting uh, thing to kind of mention in there. Uh, and then it's got options on the three parcels on the northern side. It would have a big, you know, 45-degree northwest-oriented boulevard running down the middle of it. Um, 
I mean, it's a very simple design, but the, the, the essence of it is that they want to follow the DPZ master plan for OLF-8 uh, with design principles and everything. You know, if this works, I mean, even Teresa Blackwell, who is, you know, kind of the, the main advocate for the community-centered vision for OLF-8, as opposed to, for example, what the commissioners seem to want to do, even though they've said they'll honor the Beatle master plan, um, she seems, you know, sort of preliminary optimism about this online. So great <laughs> if it uh, if it works out you know i'll just say that if it works out um that'd be great if it can really do what everybody is kind of hoping that it will do four three seven sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen twenty david wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines this morning david well pope francis is planning to meet with families of israelis being held hostage as well as with family members of palestinians who are in gaza the vatican announced these meetings will be held separately both are taking place this wednesday Elon Musk has been addressing claims that he is anti-Semitic. He uh, was on X addressing what he said was hundreds of, quote, bogus media stories that claim he's anti-Semitic. He says uh, nothing could be further from the truth, and he only wishes the best for humanity. And, uh, Andrew, I learned something new today. All right, let's hear it. Well, apparently people are flying with foods they're taking to Thanksgiving. I didn't know this was a thing. I thought like the green bean casserole and my Tupperware and my carry-on? exactly, yeah. Uh, You see, I figured people were making this stuff when they got where they were going. I had no idea that all these people are taking it on the planes, but the TSA is out with information on what has to be checked and what can be carried on. I'm guessing you can't carry any of that stuff on bigger than this four ounces rule is still in place, isn't it? Well, right. So they say uh, baked goods, uh, cookies, and that, I could see that maybe, but uh, meats, stuffings, and casseroles can all be taken through airport, check, airport checkpoints. But they say, uh, as you were mentioning, if you can spill it, spread it, spray it, pump it, or pour it. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. What? If you can spill it, spread it, spray it, pump it, or pour it, it has to uh, go into a checked bag. <laughs> and as you mentioned, if it's larger than 3.4 ounces, that's right. their uh, their rule. All right. So theoretically, you could bring, um, for example, sweet potatoes. Right. Could theoretically be brought on your carry-on, but sweet potato spread would have to be checked. Right. I think if I'm right, if I'm following, I believe this, so. Yeah, I'm not so, sure that sweet potato spread is a thing anybody's ever made in their lives, but still. Just, and you can take your green bean casserole with you. As long as it's not too right. soupy and the cream mushroom soup doesn't spill out, in which case, right. more than three and a half ounces. Who's going to measure that? Because then you wouldn't have to separate like the green beans from the soup and. Oh, boy, that'd be a nightmare, It seems like some, it? some yeah. logistical challenges in enforcing this rule, but okay. I mean, my recommendation would still be just to make it when you get there. It's fresher. It's going to be, be better. You know, it's going to be warm and toasty Sitting and just so good. Sitting on the that whole time right. doesn't seem like the ideal way. It's, I mean, it's, do you think the pressure changes might affect it, too? Plus, somehow? it's a food safety issue. I mean, you can't keep the temperature right. I mean, that's a bacteriological hazard right there. Yeah, but you've, you've never had sweet potatoes until you've had them, and they've been up to about 20,000 <laughs> feet. They get that, they get that little bacterial right cue to that them. film on top oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, martha yeah. stewart's mild high potato casserole <laughs> <laughs> it's high in a couple of different ways all right oh. uh, thanks so much for the update david and <laughs> jake <laughs> four three seven uh. sixteen twenty four three seven sixteen I, i'm usually not on the mic before 6 a.m it's early for me so that yeah you're in you're in but like hey it. thanksgiving dinner I'm, I'm perking up now <laughs> what are we talking about let's be aware <laughs> Oh, my God. Did you happen to be watching the golf? This is actually, I think it was a Thursday story, and we just did not get to it on Friday. But uh, Rory McIlroy is playing in a golf tournament over the weekend and um, 
has what one might describe as an unusual lie. Four under. <laughs> Two under par. That's where Rory McIlroy's ball is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it landed in the lady's lap. <laughs> so, you know, people get hit by balls all the time uh, in golf. And uh, this one, I, I don't know how it came to happen. Because this particular lady, and it's it's very easy to see because she's wearing, like, black jeans, okay? And she's uh, sitting on the ground and with her legs out straight in front of her. And you can see the ball very clearly nestled between her thighs. <laughs> Just waiting for a ruling because then, you know, the natural question, uh, play it where it lies. No, nah, I don't think they're going to do that. So Rory McIlroy actually, it's kind of, he, he has the ref come over for a ruling, which is what you do, you know, when there's something that's not exactly covered in the rule book. So he brings the dude over. Chief referee coming to sort it all out. <laughs> Seeing the funny side of it as well. Would you like to pass him the ball as opposed to? <laughs> and it was kind of funny because she, you could tell that she knew enough to know that I'm not supposed to mess with it, right? But then it wasn't clear, like, does he, you know, you can't play where lies. Does he go grab it? Well, that's awkward. Does she touch it? Like, she didn't want to mess anything up, and so she felt, oh, I can just pick it up and give it to him? Oh, well, that's anticlimactic. But sure enough, that's what she did. Mm. You can move. <laughs> and now the, the, the referee's like, now you can go. Your part here is done. I <laughs> No, seriously, you can go. She's quite enjoying this. You are now excused. Yeah, the teller's right. You are now excused. You can go. So then he drops and he hits, and it was no big deal. But it was funny for a moment. So five uh, five fifty nine here on News Radio ninety two three. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, uh, Herbert Field Air Crew members honored with the Distinguished Flying Cross uh, for the evacuation of Afghanistan back in twenty twenty one. Uh, first time, uh, apparently, for them. So, uh, you know, congratulations. Always good. And the uh, the Lady Pirates volleyball team did not get out of the semifinals on Friday. They went down 0-3, uh, so they did not uh, uh, go to the finals. But they did get fourth place in the nation. So congratulations for that. You're listening to News Radio 92.3, WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.